Hello again. I am your host, Felipe Melicio. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me, as always, is Austin Spiro. Austin, how are you doing this uh, afternoon now? I'm all right. Uh, you know, it's just been a day of podcasting, so I'm, I'm good. Get to talk about baseball. Well, you're, you're doing round trippers after this, too, or what? I'll probably be doing round trippers work. So, you round know, we'll see. Work. Oh, okay. Oh, you're like researching and stuff? Yeah. Oh, interesting. On the other side from Alabama is Sean Flannery. Sean, how you doing? We're, we're good. Let's uh, kick out the, the National League, the better league. <laughs> you saw that I was trying to rhyme Alabama with Flannery, right? Oh, that was tragic then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to be more like Eminem. He's from <laughs> Alabama. His name is Sean Flannery. Oh, God, no, no. It, I, I, I really just want to stop this episode now. <laughs> All right, well, this was the total basis. Five. No, no, we're here to let's start with the yeah, we did the American League East. I'm sorry, the American League uh, and the uh, player awards. And that went very long, uh, a lot longer than I anticipated. So we decided, you know what, let's just do a second part episode with the National League. Now, we're basically looking at our predictions that we did back in April and see, uh, well, not even we, we haven't really uh, paid too much attention to our predictions. So I don't even know what we've done uh, in terms of uh, uh, of seeing if we were right or we we're wrong. But it looks like we're more wrong than right per, you know, natural. That's just the way it goes. But can you guys see my screen? Yes. yes. All right. So we begin with the National League West because, you know, we left off in the American League West. So now we're going to go in a circle across the country. So that's how my brain works. And most of us have the Dodgers finishing in first, except for Henry Maldonado from Dong City. He wanted the Padres. He explained that the Padres, it's their time this year to get the number one seed and beat the Dodgers outright in that division uh, because they're just too talented to be this bad. And, and this was done before the Tatis injury, correct? I don't just remember. I oh, was, was it? Yeah, it, it had to be like right before. It was well, done was, just before the Tatis injury. Are you sure? Because I, I, it looks like this was done in April. Uh, April, and, and the show was done on April 7th. So when did Tatis – I mean, was he playing spring training games then? I don't know. Oh, maybe it wasn't, I guess. Well, maybe we thought Tatis training, was going to be back sooner. Spring training was also delayed. Yeah, but not this delay. I remember yeah. this episode happened in, in early April. Right here. Um, so, well, Sean looks oh, well, that up. Yeah, Go, yeah. You, you keep going. I'll look. Excuse me. Uh, most of us had the Padres finishing in second and set for Vince. Having the Giants make the playoffs and being the second uh, place team in the West. And uh, <laughs> the Total Basis podcast which is Felipe, Austin, and Sean, had the Giants finishing in third place. And then Vince and Henry are kind of uh, figuring if the Padres or Giants would finish in third place. And where we were all consistent was the D-backs and Rockies finishing in fourth and fifth place. So as it stands right now, it is the Dodgers, Padres, Giants, Diamondbacks, and Rockies. Felipe was right. Everybody else was wrong. So actually, (laughs) no, I take it back. The Total Basis Podcast was correct. And Dong City was wrong. Because... Yeah. Uh, so that is what it looks like right now. We can start with the Dodgers, Austin. Uh, Dodgers are going to do Dodger things, right? Is that what it is right here? Yeah, the Dodgers are just going to be the Dodgers. I mean, they they have the pitching. They have the offense. They have the depth. Um, they're quite the opposite from the White Sox. Uh, they have the depth, they, and everybody, most everybody is performing the way that they're supposed to. You have Mookie Betts, who's having a – you know, an MVP season, you have everybody who's fitting in their roles. Um, Freddie Freeman kind of had a slow start at the beginning, but has come into his own um, and is fitting in nicely in that Dodgers lineup. You have Trey Turner doing Trey Turner things. 
um, the pitching staff headed by a really good season from Tyler Anderson. Um, you know, you just, you just, everybody, they're firing on all cylinders. They're the yeah. best team in the NL right now. I really think this is once again, I think this is the Dodgers is division to lose. It's the Dodgers is league to lose. I think the NL is the, is the Dodgers is to take. So we'll, we'll see how it goes because I think the Mets will have something to say about it, but I mean, I think the Dodgers offense is better than the Mets offense. No. So like, I, that, that's why I say, I think the Dodgers are the favorite to take the whole NL. As of right now, they are at 16.1% to win the world series. We'll get to the other teams in just a bit, but yeah, let's, let's keep that. But put it this way. That is the best odds, not just in the national league, but I believe it's also the best odds in, in the entire baseball, according to fan graphs. So uh, yeah, they, they, I know they hit a snag for a little bit a while ago, but it looks like they figured things out. And like you mentioned, they have the depth, not just in the major league roster, but also in the minor league system. They trade all their prospects and then they come get back with ones. us. <laughs> they, get, they just, they're, yeah, they're just reproduce new ones. Like it's amazing what they do over there. And, and we talk about it uh, a lot, but this is what happens when you give a guy like Andrew Friedman, who was already putting up really good teams in Tampa Bay. You give him the resources, unlimited resources to do whatever he wants, and these are the results. So, yep. yeah. Uh, anyway, what do you got for me, Sean, over there? Uh, just with the Dodgers, like Austin kind of hit on it. You know, Tony Gonsolin's probably right up there for the Cy Young. Uh, should Will likely start the All-Star game with it being in L.A. But y- you see get, they lose Walker Bueller. Dustin May, you know, has been out since last year. In the bullpen, they, they never really got a, a, anything from Victor Gonzalez this year after a great season last year. Blake Trinan went down. Daniel Hudson went down. Uh, really, their bullpen got beat up, and yeah. they just keep going. Uh, granted, I think the bullpen is an area of need for them going forward. Kimbrell is really looking like he's possibly starting to crack. I right. mean, 10 years uh, is a long time. There's a lot of miles on that arm. Uh, they really haven't seemed like they want to make Vessia the closer. Gratterall doesn't really seem like the actual typical closer, despite his velo. But the and even when it comes to the lineup, you know, they they've had some injuries. Jake Lamb, the the ghost of Jake Lamb, is back and in the Dodgers lineup wow. at DH. Uh, Trace Thompson, Zach McKinstry. Wow. It, it they just do all the little things and they still have prospects coming out the wazoo that could help them if need be. They have uh, your guy too, Sean. They have your guy there too, Hunter Albert. Yeah, Alberto. yeah, lefty crusher, except he hasn't been hitting lefties this year. But <laughs> like, it just he's a such a typical guy that it's like, yeah, he plays everywhere, he does one thing really well. It's just something that the Dodgers seem to do with a lot of guys, but. Even if they do need more reinforcements, they have guys like Bobby Miller uh, already up. Um, He's not on the 40-man yet, but could be uh, a person they look to in terms of the bullpen or if they need more help in the rotation. Uh, Kershaw's ageless and just came back off the aisle doing, you know, Kershaw things. Yeah. And uh, never fear. Like I said, minor leaguers that we should know, Michael Bush, Miguel Vargas, uh, uh, infielders there who are ready to – Probably going to be ready to uh, help out later this year. Um, yeah, it's just a it's just a fun team to, to look at. This yeah. is what teams should be doing with. Yeah, them. this guy isn't going to help this year, but he's one of my new favorite prospects in the Dodgers system. And I'm going to butcher the name. I don't know how, exactly how it's supposed to be pronounced, but it's Jorbit Jorbit Vivas. 
and f- he he's kind of like Luis Arias, and nobody's really talking about him. Uh, he's in high A right now, batting 273. Not great, but he's walking more than he strikes out. He's done that. He did that last year as well in high A, uh, 21 years old. And he just seems like one of those guys that's going to grow up and get some power in like a year. And he's going to be a, a top 100 guy. But uh, another, like I said, they just have prospects coming out of everywhere. It's kind of ridiculous. Let's move on to the po- – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Austin. Another Dodger prospect that is kind of in the lower system right now that I was looking at. Actually, I kind of found him when it came to um, – I was looking for prospects for my fantasy team, and I was actually quite impressed with this guy, um, is Gavin Stone. Uh, yep. So Gavin Stone is is uh, pretty impressive. Nobody's really talking about him. He's kind of – he's in the lower – I believe he's in – High A, if I yeah. remember correctly. I, 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 he just got promoted, I believe. I think he, he, he just – oh, he's, he's in, in yeah, yeah, double A, yeah. He's in double A now. I mean, his future value was 40-plus, but the stats that he's got going in the in the single A yeah. is – is He's not giving up home runs. He's pitching, you know, he's got innings behind him. He's got, I mean, his ERA has gotten better as the competition has gotten tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2021 in single A, he had a 3.73 ERA, and then he got promoted to high A and was a 3.86 ERA. Now he's pitched uh, high A with the, you know, high A for the Dodgers, which is uh, Rancho Cucamonga. And <laughs> they were at one point, uh, he's at a 1.44 ERA. And now in, Nine games at double A, he's pitching a one two nine ERA. So his ERA is decreasing as the competition is getting better. Dude is pretty impressive. So yeah, 36k percent in double A so far. It's, it's a little wild. Yeah. All right. We move on to the Padres then. We talked about Manny Machado in the other episode about how there's really nobody around him that can that they have no business being in second place. And, and this is a team that was a highly ranked farm system just a couple of years ago. And guess what? They traded them all. <laughs> all of them were traded just so they can be competitive this year. Yeah. Um, and and Fernando Tatis was supposed to be the, the centerpiece of it all, and he can't stay healthy to save his life. But, uh, yeah, it just goes back to our conversation about what do we do with prospects? What do we do? How do we properly gauge these guys? And the Padres, they basically said, yeah, they're, they're, these guys are not here to help us. They're, they're here to be commodities for trade pieces to get veterans, veterans like – Shoot, you Darvish, to, Blake Snell, Trent Grisham, I guess, Joe uh, Musgrove, Austin Nola. <laughs> like, like, it's just the weirdest collection of names. Once again, another six man rotation. We mentioned it several times in the that's, American League version, but this is new, another six man rotation here. That's the new way to go now. Yep. It seems like every team is slowly but surely doing that now. Yeah, we, we, we talked about it coming off, you know, the COVID year and kind of how they were going to handle it was a lot of these teams wanted six man rotations and, uh, that's we're kind of seeing it yeah as much as we poo poo the angels for doing that uh all the good teams are doing it the astros the brewers the yeah. padres which is causing a lot of frustration in fantasy circles but in real baseball it seems to be working and that might be the way to go from now on uh bullpen is the weakest i've seen out of this team which is ironic because i always like the padres bullpen i thought the padres bullpen was loaded into this season i'm looking at the roster right now though there's a lot of names that are missing from the original list that we remember Austin, we, we did the uh, spreadsheet and we're like, wow, this team is loaded. Yep. A lot of those guys are not on this roster right now at the moment. Oh. Uh, 
So yeah, Pierce Johnson is injured. Ijen Morihone is injured. Drew Pomerantz, Drew Pomerantz is injured. Craig Stammen is injured. Robert Suarez, everybody's favorite. Uh, one of one, I think it was him, right? He was supposed to be the closer up before Taylor Rogers got in. Unless no. I'm he confused. yeah he was he was one of the guys. It was supposed to be like him and uh, oh what was the guy Luis Garcia. Okay. Luis, yeah, the other Luis Garcia. Another Luis Garcia, yeah. <laughs> There's like three of them already. <laughs> Astros, Nationals, and now the Padres. Uh, Nelson, the Nelson Lamette is finally up and running. He's only pitched eight he, in the third inning. I so don't – I was just looking at that, but I was looking at his game log, and I'm not sure. Yeah, he has not pitched since May the 9th. Well, he's um, on the roster – Major League roster now is what I was trying to uh, – uh, Oh, he just, okay, say. he was recalled yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's a weird team. They don't have all their pieces, all their big pieces here, especially the bigger piece being Fernando Tatis. But they're just finding ways to win with solid pitching and Manny Machado when he's healthy, uh, carrying the load. So yeah. uh, move quickly to the Giants now. Giants, Giants, uh, we talk about it every single week. Austin and Sean, they're basically the Tampa Bay Rays of the West. But with 30-year-olds, 35-year-olds, 33-year-olds, it's an older team, but they get the job done. Uh, Sean, what can you tell me about the uh, Giants that we don't know about? Uh, Jock Peterson's an all-star? That is so weird. The the team leader in war is Austin Slater. Oh, Uh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they have one, two, three, four, five, six guys between one and 1.54. Just kind of, you know... They're doing the race thing, platoon, platoon, platoon. Yeah. Put guys in the best chances. Luis Gonzalez has kind of had a breakout, breakout after being, you know, a top ten guy in the White Sox system. Um, he, him and Lamont Wade Jr. have gone back and forth as they both dealt with injuries. Joey Bart has fallen flat on his face yet again. Uh, Your mean Mercedes is a giant. Uh, I guess that's the the fun part of the offense for the Giants. Uh, Jack Peterson has already hit as many home runs as he did last year and yep. almost as much RBI and already and well, has stolen more bases and only 250 plate appearances. Yeah. I mean, Jock Peterson was really bad to start the year last year. Mm-hmm. And then when he got traded you know, he took off same. It was the same thing with Rosario and Duvall. Neither of them were having good years until really they got traded. Duvall was leading in RBIs, but that's neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, Jock, uh, I, I was a little worried about him going to San Francisco, but um, he's making it work. It's it's amazing. what It's amazing. It's amazing how some of these teams can, can turn a uh, – well, they can find these uh, diamonds in the rough, for to use a, that idiom there. It's diamonds in the rough, and they just maximize their value as much. That's why I was telling Jet in the other chat for the American League, uh, we were talking about Chris Archer. He thought Chris Archer's career was done. And, like, hey, the Twins just do a really good job of maximizing everybody's talent, no matter how low their talent is. And I think you can say the same thing about the Giants. I mean, that's really what separates the bad teams from the good teams is what we're seeing here. Austin, you want to talk anybody in particular, any player in particular in the, on the pitching side of things? Uh, it was it was funny because I just watched the the Giants out in uh, Fenway, or not Fenway. <laughs> I just watched the Giants out in Arizona. Hmm. And um, the... I, I want to talk about Camilo Duvall. So Camilo Duvall, the rookie, uh, rookie closing pitcher for the, for the giants, he's done really well this season. He's collected saves and, you know, has done well in the back end, but 
It seems like in the past week or so, he has all of a sudden fallen on his face and has not done very well. And I, w- and I haven't watched a whole lot of Giants games, so I can't, I don't know if this is his biggest problem or not, but he's got a 101 mile an hour cutter. Like mm-hmm. he throws a cutter at 101 miles an hour. But we were at, uh, when, when we went to the, uh, when we went to the game, he was up for the save. Um, Giants were in good position to get the save. He walked the bases loaded, and he threw nothing but sliders. Oof. He didn't throw any any cutter. I think he threw two cutters to four batters, walked the bases loaded, and all he threw literally were sliders. And Corey Decker and I kept looking at each other like, why is he throwing sliders? He threw like – I'm not kidding you. He must have thrown like eight sliders in a row. He he throws the slider 55% of the time, and yeah. it performs much better than his cutter. His cutter does have all that velo, uh, but it, it, it gets spanked around. They're batting 366, despite him averaging 99.1 miles an hour on that cutter, uh, batting 366 against it, 707 slug. Um, but the slider is really just the best pitch. I mean, they're doing nothing with it, batting 154, uh, 38% or 38.5% uh, whiff on the slider. Yeah, well, slider wasn't working that night. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he got credited with the hold because then they threw in uh, they threw in another pitcher after that. I don't remember, but they threw in another pitcher after that, and he ended up getting him out of the jam on what I thought was a terrible man- managerial decision from Tori, Tori Lavulo, but – that's that's another story for another time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Camilo Duvall had, has had a great season so far, but I know he's given up a number of runs in the past in the past few games. So, you know, maybe this is his rookie wall he's hitting or, mm. you know, maybe he just had a bad stretch. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But Camilo Duvall will be interesting to watch as the season goes on. I, I, I don't trust him in the closers role. He's always been a shoddy command guy. Yeah. Um, and I mean, last year at the, in the major leagues, you know, when he came up and took over the closer role from Jake McGee, I mean, at the major league level, he posted the lowest walks per nine. He had it lower than any level in the minor leagues. Uh, this year, it's at 404, which is also um, pretty low based on his standards. He was always like a five, four and a half, five guy. I had a couple of years where he was like six, seven. But uh, he he's the guy right now. But I don't think. They they seem more of like a committee save team in terms of stuff like that. We move to the Diamondbacks. Uh, that's always an interesting team to watch. They now have some other uh, top uh, name prospects up and running. We talked about Dalton Varshaw all the time. Alec Thomas is up, who we mentioned is a rookie of the year candidate. Uh, you know, a distant rookie of the year candidate, but yeah. nonetheless still in the in the picture there. Uh, otherwise, it's just a bunch of guys who are. <laughs> Kind of old, 28 years and over. Ketel Marte, Josh Rojas, Christian Walker is 31 years old, just hitting home runs and nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carson Kelly and all those guys. Madison Baumgartner is, uh, is, is uh, long in the tooth as well. Um, I mean, Sean, what can you tell me about the Diamondbacks? Uh, is there anybody else we need to talk about on this team? I mean, I kind of see a vision for them uh, uh-huh. because th- what they've done this year is they – chase i think the least out of any team in baseball they don't swing out of the strike zone it just hasn't equated to doing damage on pitches in the strike zone um they've had a couple of guys underperform christian walker has hit the hell out of the ball um but the results really haven't been there to show for it. josh rojas 
has, you know, dealt with some injuries, but come back and hit pretty well. Um, I'm interesting to see, or interested to see, you know, Alec Thomas play a full year. I think the National League Rookie of the Year is up for grabs and he could very well take it. Um, Corbin Carroll, if he gets the call this year, uh, there are a lot of people who think Corbin Carroll is going to be even better than Alec Thomas. Uh, is Seth Beer makes it back to the major league roster. He's been in the minors since being demoted in late April. Um, the bullpen's actually been kind of cool. I mean, the Joe Mance applied out of nowhere, yeah. having a, a great relief season. Uh, Mark Melanson being the bane of my existence. I, I say every year, Mark Melanson's just going to fall apart. And he um, is at a five ERA right now. So maybe finally, after five years of saying Mark <laughs> Melanson's done, Maybe I'm going to be right one of these days. One of these days. But, yeah. uh, I mean, they're an interesting team. They're Like you said, they're a little on the older side, but I think that they're guys, I mean, Rojas, Thomas, Marte, Varsho, like that's a core right there. Carson Kelly, and they're not like crazy old. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what yeah. they do. Because uh, I think Corbin. some, yeah. I was going to say you still got Corbin Carroll waiting in the wings. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's not a Corbin Martin also waiting in the wings and as a pitcher. Uh, Dre Jameson also waiting on the wings. So, yeah, man, we, we've we've yet to scratch the surface of, of a real Diamondbacks rebuild. Just We're not there yet, but we're starting to see some guys finally little by little show up. And it seems offensively they have like a vision, like, mm-hmm. you know, that we're going to be, you know, a selective team, a patient team. And they kind of have the athleticism where – they're not just like the guys that three true outcomes. They're not walk home, run, strike out. Uh, they got a good, good amount of team speed. Rojas, Thomas, Carroll, all guys that run really well. Dalton Varsha runs well. So they could really, if they start walking a lot and they start, you know, just hitting average with the team speed, I think they could put pressure on some teams in the next few years. And Austin, uh, buy or sell, buy or sell Zach Gallen, uh, future ace of this Diamondbacks team. Bye. Oh, look at that. Now you're not worried about the arm history there, the arm injuries that he had before? I mean, he does have a history, but what pitcher, what good pitcher nowadays doesn't have a history of arm That's issues? That's true, yeah. You know, um, I think he has a good of a shot to be to continue to be the ace of the Diamondbacks as any team has a shot to be an ace of any team. Um, so I, I I would buy on Zach Gallon. Zach Gallon's a good piece. Alec Thomas, he's third or fourth in rookie rankings in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, he's doing he's doing really well. Christian Walker is an anomaly to me. He's batting a 208 batting average, but is third in the National League in home runs. Um, <laughs> you know he's he's hitting for power. The 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 Diamondbacks have got good pieces. It's just they they need they just need to start putting it together. Mark Melanson, it was so funny. Again, I when I saw him in Arizona, um, it was a tight game against the Rockies. Uh, they were tied going into the eighth, and Melanson came in to to pitch in the eighth. And I turned to my dad and I said, "Watch two batters. Melanson loses it for the team." He goes, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure enough." Two doubles. I was like. I told you Melanson's going to lose it. So I think Melanson is done. Yeah. Uh, But you know, you got, you have pitchers in Mantiply. Mantiply is the one that I can think of right now. He's doing uh, really well out of that bullpen. Um, Mm -hmm. I was, I was impressed with some of the, with some of the diamondback players watching them live. Uh, And so I, I think 
there are good things to come for the Diamondbacks in the next couple of years. Well, you, you talk about it already. Uh, this next team, 26th in WRC plus, uh, 27th in uh, starting pitching ERA, and 28th in, K, in bullpen K per nine. Now, if this were the Orioles, people would be super happy about that. <laughs> but no, it's not the Orioles. It's the Colorado Rockies. The Colorado Rockies are currently sitting at 37 and 48. Wait a minute, 37 and 48. That's only what? That's only five that's, that's games away where, from the Orioles. That's basically huh. where the Tigers are right now. No, no, no. They're five games away from the Orioles, though. Hmm. Why are we celebrating? <laughs> Maybe the Rockies are supposed to be better than this. Maybe the Rockies <laughs> are supposed to make the playoffs. Maybe the Rockies can make a. Uh, they, they'd be great if they were in the AL Central, right? Why, where's the Where's the Rocky celebration? I want my Rocky celebration right now. So we're gonna celebrate <laughs> them right now. But uh, yeah, we all picked them to be dead last. So far, they are dead last. Uh, the podcast got it right. But yeah. Oh, oh, no, don't hop at me now. It's, I mean, if I find out that this is basically the Orioles, except that the Orioles are luckier, I'm going to scream. Okay. Well, maybe I shouldn't because I think the baby's trying to fall asleep. So, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I mean, this, this team, this, this franchise, we've talked about it time and time again. This, they took, they basically took away the title from the Orioles as the worst run franchise in all of baseball. Cause now suddenly the Orioles are everybody's favorite darling Cinderella story right now. <laughs> but the Rockies have, to, for a good reason, have taken over that. Uh, they do have some guys like Connor Joe, even Chris Bynes has had a, has had a really decent season, yeah, but he's he, heard all the, he's heard say, all the time. He, he just hit his first major or major league first home run as a Rocky, like earlier this week. And then he had three more right after it. So he has four total he, now. Yeah. He was four total after not having one until July, something it was like July 7th. I think he had his first one, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, he he's locked in there long-term. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they trade CJ Crone mm-hmm. or someone like Jonathan Daza. Uh, Ryan McMahon's locked in there long term. Chris Bryant's there long term. Herman uh, Marquez, uh, terrible this year, uh, but he, he and he was a guy that could have fetched them legitimate top 100 prospects yeah. uh, last yeah. year, and now he's a guy that I, I wonder if they just trade them just to see what they can get but they definitely you know once again missed the ball typical typical rockies but uh herman marquez i think would be a really interesting piece if he does get traded uh just to finally get out of course field yeah and maybe we, maybe we could see a resurgence to his career like we've seen with john jonathan gray in uh, texas yeah uh but other than that i mean the lineup's always going to be good because for obvious reasons right the, the thin air uh daniel bard is another interesting trade commodity that they can try to do um as there's a lot of uh, holes in his uh in his game but it's well hidden because of the fact that he, the first thing that people see are 17 saves oh man he must be really good or the 38 strikeouts and 31 innings oh man he must be really good but what's not seen is that he has a very terrible walk rate in a 205 the, babip in course that how, is, how, how is that even possible that can't be real the two, can't be real. 205 and 31 and two-thirds innings, 205 BABIP, 2.27 ERA. The strikeout rate is nice, but like you said, the command has always been sketchy, to say the least. Austin, is there one player you want to talk about here with the Rockies? Just one player. I mean, I, I just I just watched the Rockies. Wasn't really too impressed by very many of them. Uh, Connor Joe seems to be... I think the guy that maybe they will center their team around besides Chris Bryant. Um, I've always kind of liked Connor Joe. I've seen him play live a few times now. Um, But apart from just liking Connor Joe, there really isn't much 
else. I mean, CJ Crone is good. I've always, I've always liked CJ Crone, but like I said, there really isn't much for me to talk about when it comes to the Rockies. I mean, on the round trippers podcast, last trade deadline, I went on a whole rant about how the Rockies are probably the worst, the worst run franchise. I mean, apart from even the pirates, I mean, I feel like they have flubbed so many trades Um, so many different opportunities to get better. They just, they fall on their face and they don't. Um, so they have a long road ahead of them, uh, apart from the, you know, much different from the diamondbacks. I don't see the Rockies getting much better. I mean, right now their their best player is what CJ Crone and Charlie Blackman. (laughs) Like that's that pretty much. And Charlie Blackman is what? 36. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Connor Joe's 30 years old. He just told me he's a centerpiece for the future. Like, uh, and uh, I, I'm not sure if you guys saw the the post in baseball life of Colton Walker, former, you know, he, I yeah. think he was a top 100 guy. Well, he was claimed all on waivers by the Giants. Wow. Uh, the Rockies actually DFA'd him. He had tested positive for steroids uh, last year in May or June, um, had finished serving his suspension and was hurt. And somebody made the post in Baseball Life that the Rockies DFA'd him so they wouldn't have to put him on the Major League IL um, because if they put him on the Major League IL, they would have to pay him the prorated portion of the Major League minimum. So they had him originally on the uh, Minor League IL. But it it, it was super weird, but they're trying to basically say that the Rockies DFA'd Welker because they didn't want to pay him the prorated major league minimum. Wow. Which seems plausible, but at the same time, you got busted for steroids. You haven't really done much. But he is, you know, a former top 100 guy, yeah. uh, was a 60-grade hit tool on fan graphs, uh, had a couple of really good hitting years in the minor leagues, more so in the low minors and the high minors. But uh, we'll see. He's now with the a division rival after the Rockies just kind of cut bait. Well, speaking of, uh, I, I, I would be remiss. I would be killing myself. Not, not, well, that's a, no, I don't want to do that. I, I, I would be <laughs> kicking myself. Sorry, kicking myself if I, don't, if I didn't mention this guy. Former highly touted prospect for your Seattle Mariners. Former first round pick. DJ Peterson is on this team as well. DJ so what, they, Peterson. Why does that name sound so familiar? Uh, was he like a big hulking like? Uh, maybe, but he was supposed to be the third baseman of the future for the Mariners. Colton Walker too, right? Wasn't he a corner infield a prospect? Um, yeah, Walker was the third base. Yeah, yeah. So, so they replaced him with DJ Peterson apparently in AAA. Uh, DJ Peterson six one two ten. So he wasn't that big, but he was oh. supposed to be. Uh, he was supposed to be a great um, prospect for the Mariners. First round pick, twelfth overall in the twenty third. Sorry, twenty thirteen amateur draft. So yeah. So it's kind of funny. Like uh, these 2013 prospects are just coming back to haunt me. Um, all right, let's move over to the National League Central. Everybody had the Brewers finishing in first and the Cardinals finishing in second. As of right now, it's the Brewers in first and the Cardinals in second. But we just talked. The Cardinals are loaded, man. Cardinals are Cardinals are loaded on offense. It's the pitching that's always worrisome, which the Brewers always seem to do a good job of. Um, of finding and developing and just putting in guys and stuff. Uh, and right now brewers are at a 5.3% to win the world series and the Cardinals are only at 1%. So uh, well, who's, who was going to talk there, Sean, was that you? No, you go, you guys go ahead. Oh, well, I, I don't know. Well, let me ask Austin since I always go to Sean first. Anyway, Austin, do you, as it stands right now, 
who would you put your money on to win the World Series between these two teams? Just these two teams. I don't care about anybody else's. Who would you put your money on right now to win the Arnold. World Series? Wow. I, I pick Brewers. So wow. we, 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 because in when it comes time for the playoffs, great pitching beats great hitting the majority of the time. And I, even, well, I, even I, with I, no Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta on the IL, I still think the pitching of Milwaukee carries the day. I, ahead, I agree that good pitching wins championships, but they both have good pitching. They both mm. have good pitching. And I think, and I think honestly, I think what is going what separates those two teams is their is the Cardinals' offense is way better. You know, and it, it, the old adage, the old adage, you can't can't win if you can't score any runs. And Brewers, their problem is still their offense. So I and that offense of, of in St. Louis is so much better than the Brewers is. I feel like even though I picked the Brewers to win the division, and I still feel like the Brewers will win the division once the Cardinals get into playoffs. It's going to be tough to beat them. The the All Cardinals, right. if they were to start a playoff series today, their first three pitchers that the opposing team would have to face: Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright, and Dakota Hudson. Yeah, there's a certain that 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 does not make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, that's three pitch to contact pitchers right there yeah. on the spot. Uh, really quick, uh, so uh, according to the WRC Plus numbers right now, Brewers are at on, in twelfth place. Surprisingly. Cardinals are in 10th, despite the fact that they have three MVP candidates on there, according to Fangraph's war. Uh, pitching, starting pitching ERA, right? Starting pitching ERA, yeah. Uh, Brewers are 14th. The Cardinals are somewhere in the bottom. Oh, 17th. So, so far, it's not, they're kind of neck and neck where it really hits the fan for the Cardinals is the bullpen. Cardinals are 27th in strikeout per nine innings, and the Brewers are 7th. For obvious reasons, Josh Shader, Devin Williams, and all those other guys. So maybe it's the bullpen that is gonna be the difference maker for the Brewers uh, for the rest of the season, and maybe even the playoffs. Because yeah, starting pitching may not be you know scary, you know for some people. You know, Sean just mentioned a couple guys who are injured. Although I think Woodruff is back. Did he get hurt again? Uh, I know he was out. I'm not sure if he had come back. Uh, okay, so he did have a no decision. Uh, he's how many starts has he had? Uh, okay, so he came back on June 28th, so he's made three starts. That's what I thought. Yeah, he had three yeah. dominant starts. Well, oh, I don't yeah, know about the last start. I, I mean, it was his last was a quality start nine strikeouts, six innings, Sweet. three earned runs. Yeah, well, it's not going to be enough for me to get the win this week. I can tell you how much <laughs> I hate this freaking league, but it's the points league, Austin. Is what I'm referring to. I'm going to lose the worst team in the, in the league, by the way. I hate this league. <laughs> Well, I was supposed to get Mitch White to get two starts, and then Dave Roberts said, "No, we're not doing that anymore." So that's what I get for counting my uh, counting on a two-start pitcher that is not really a two-start pitcher. Anyway, what was I talking about? The Brewers. The Brewers. <laughs> oh yeah, the Brewers. So the Brewers are going to be. Uh, it's the bullpen. It's going to be the big difference maker. And yeah, that's the one thing that always holds back the Cardinals because on paper they have the big names and the big bats and all that. Uh, but it's always the pitching that always leaves me scratching my head and not knowing what to make of it. And it turns out the numbers agree with my thought process in that regard. So uh, over to the third place team, everybody picked the Cubs, except for me. I picked the Reds. Uh, I, I talked a little bit about the Cubs in the last uh, episode uh, when we talked about the, uh, I don't even know, how did we, how the hell did we talk? Oh, because you guys were trying to figure out why I was so angry. But the, <laughs> I mean, the Cubs, I see this. I, I, I cannot believe Cub fans are talking about this team like any of this matters. Every week. I mean, there's a private chat with me and, and some of the other Cub fans. 
And they're just kind of like, oh man, if this guy can get do something that he'd be really good. Oh, no. once again, our offense is well, once again, our offense is letting us down. Well, yeah, they're letting us do down because they suck. It's just <laughs> awful. I mean, Patrick Wisdom, I see kids wearing wisdom jerseys. Like, what is this? Is that oh. something? Is that because that's their favorite adjective? Or, or is, is that favorite, what the uh, cool kids now? do now? <laughs> they're full of wisdom. Is it because they're they're getting ready for their teeth in the future? <laughs> It's really just about Christopher Morrell. He's 23 years old, and and we, for every boom that he gives you, he's gonna be busting everywhere else, right? Because he's not a very consistent hitter. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just a team full of guys who should be all traded away, and I don't know. Maybe I maybe I maybe I'm thinking of it wrong, but I just see a, a bunch of players who are not gonna be here when the team gets good again. I, I find it's just hilarious that the actual third place team in this division right now is is the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Pirates. who we all had to finish last except Henry. Yeah. Henry had him finishing in fourth, the Reds in fifth. Uh, well, before we move on to those other two teams, really quick, Austin, do you have anything to share about the Cubs that we need to know about? No. I, Marcus, think, we all, I think we all know that they're bad. Marcus Stroman is back. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Hashtag built different. Uh, like they do have some interesting names on their bullpen as well. Uh, David Robertson, Michael Gibbons, Chris Martin, Scott Efres. Uh, I mean, they, I think that's the reason why they've just been kind of uh, just sitting around, right? Just lurking around with the 34 and 51 record. And yeah. I think place. with the Cubs, the only thing of like note is who they get when they trade Wilson Contreras, David Robertson. Uh, because really it's not just David Robertson in that bullpen that they could trade Chris Martin, uh, Michael mm-hmm. Givens, I think, are all guys that will have markets at the deadline. Yeah. And, th- and those middle relief, late inning guys, they always bring back more than you think. Yeah. Like, yeah. and uh, I think depending on how well they do in those trades, uh, could be, you know, a little bit of a light on a dark season. And the reason I picked the Reds to finish ahead of the Cubs in this division is because the Reds, to me, they look younger. They had, uh, even though they traded away all their best players, it seemed like they still had some guys with some upside as well, especially on the pitching side of things. I love the Reds rotation over the Cubs rotation. I can tell you that much. And of course, just to make me look bad, they went on a, what, 14-game losing streak to start the season or something? Yeah, I mean, it it was really like that first month they were like horrid. And since, you know, I think in May and June, they were like, they were bad, but they weren't like the worst so I, I think over a full season depending on how what moves they make it could kind of balance it out where i don't think they'll be in last place i still think it'll be the cubs with the pirates yeah so i can still hear cubs fan goes okay well the reds also have a bunch of 30 year olds yeah but they have at least they have one guy in jonathan india who we have not seen fully healthy just yet so yeah, i'm I, gonna go ahead i think that was a big hit to the reds is when india went down because, I mean, we all know that Joey Votto is a slow starter. I mean, it's a given. He's going he's gonna to start slow. But India, I think, was the guy they were like, okay, this is our guy. This is the dude that's going to that's gonna head our offense. And he went down early. And so, and they've been really bad. And now he's, he's still not quite healthy. He's still trying to get into the swing of things. And so he just has not had a good season. So when the people that, the players that, I think anyway, they were relying on as their cornerstone pieces go down early in the season. It's tough to bounce back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, not only India too, but Stevenson's missed time. Yeah. And Votto missed time and has just been kind of ineffective. 
uh, when Brandon Jury is your best player, um, <sighs> yeah, you, you're having some issues. I mean, I, I guess uh, another plus that you could find in this red season is Nick Senzel's been relatively healthy. Uh, he hasn't been very good, but he's been okay. He'll I mean, show up in spurts. He'll show up. In yeah, spurts. and I, and I, I still think he's a guy that could be a good player. I mean, this is his age twenty seven season. It's kind of time to do or die here, but yeah. um, I, I think there's still something to say about Nick Senzel, and yeah, that's the Reds. Yeah, and uh, the other, again, picking the Reds over the Cubs, uh, their rotation, I, I still believe in Luis Castillo. I still think Hunter Green, Hunter Green alone is worth the price of admission. Um, and then you still got Tyler Molly, who, yeah, he might get traded, but in the meantime, he's still on the team, so therefore he's that, that trio makes for a more intriguing rotation than anything the Cubs can throw at us at this point. So that was my thinking, but that's not what's going on. The Reds aren't dead last at the, as of right now. Go ahead. Oh, I, I just I just think with Hunter Green, it's so weird how he's had some starts where, you know, he doesn't allow anything. And then other starts. I mean, yeah. he's got a 5-7 ERA. I mean, that that's it's not good. And the fit, uh, he's got a 5.4 fit. He just gives up so many home runs. And when you look at his time in the minors, like he was a sub one guy in 2017, 2018, um, and in double A in 2021. Now, when he got to triple A, that home run per nine spiked to 1.5. And this year at the major league level, it's 2.32. And yes, it's great American ballpark. <laughs> but I mean, the, the home run to fly balls high, it's 19 and a half. I, I mean, I remember when that was kind of like, above average, but with the kind of dead in balls and the humidors, that's kind of a so-so home run per nine. It's just the, the ground ball percentage tanked. Uh, yeah. you, he, you cannot have a 27% ground ball rate in Great American Ballpark. And Hunter Green was a guy that was always about 40, 42, 45%, and he has not been even close to that in Cincinnati. So until he can fix that, I, I, I'm – kind of out on Hunter Green. I have him yeah. in a few leagues where I just built rotations out of who can throw the hardest. But <laughs> uh yeah, I'm I'm worried about Green, honestly. Yeah, I've given up on Green as well. Because uh, I I think he's leagues. he's more thrower than pitcher. And I like I, I don't throw that around because people used to throw it around with Cindergard. Yeah. But with Green with the lack of a third pitch, yeah. I'm thinking bullpen. Like that, that's, <sighs> that's not I, you drafted him. I, I know yeah him. and I know they won't do it. But I'm thinking bullpen. Well, I'm going to give him a pass this year because this is his first year coming back from Tommy John surgery. So we'll see what happens in next year or later on this year because he does show spurts. Where he I mean, he, he, threw 100, he threw 100 innings last year in the minors. He missed nine, uh, 19 and 20. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm still yeah, in his yeah. first full season of Major League Baseball. It's yeah. the, Team players are built differently in the big leagues here. Let's move, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I just with no third pitch. I'm um, I it worries me with no third pitch. Well, we've seen guys with two pitches uh, be dominant. Like oh, I don't know, Spencer Strider. If he can be like Spencer Strider, that'd be great for him. But anyway, yeah, but how long will that continue to happen? Forever. <laughs> no. I'm well, let's let's get to the Braves and we'll talk about it some more. Uh, and meanwhile, the Pirates, really quick, uh, Cabrian Hayes. Uh, everybody's excited about Cabrian Hayes. I don't know why he doesn't hit for power uh, at a premium power hitting position. Uh, not even get on base. So, but that's causing uh, Pirate fans some uh, good feeling right now that Cabrian Hayes is locked up for a long term and that he's on the team. And 
happy days are here again for the Pirates. Brian Reynolds is finally playing up to speed, uh, 15 home runs and uh, yeah. pretty good ops. Everybody talking about Jackson Winsky. Every time I look at Jackson Winsky, hard. 20, he he's kind of like in one of those stat cast darlings. Strikes out uh, too much, ex- but he it. he's really like hard hit rates and the minors too, kind of under the hood stuff. He he just hit, hits the hell out of the ball. All right. Well, it's not translating to production. I mean, it is in slugging percentage. Yeah, I mean, four, 14 home runs and 212 at bats. So that, that's nope. something. <laughs> All right. You're right. Mountcastle. Congratulations, kid. 23, <laughs> 24 years old, soon to be 24 year old over there. Uh, who else? Uh, and then, of course, the big name that is worth talking about is O'Neill Cruz. We He's been the talk of the town, despite the fact that he is only hitting $1.97 with a 227 on base percentage. But this is just the beginning of things to come. I mean, Henry, you heard him. Want on the podcast and uh, in April and also this past week, he wants to see him in the home run derby. Damn it! Um, so yeah, Christian Walker and O'Neill Cruz in the home run derby. Is that something you guys want to watch this year? Uh, O'Neill Cruz, I wouldn't mind seeing, but what, I don't know. who who's the other name? Christian, Christian Walker. Walker. Oh, um, at least leading home runs. I, I really want to know. No, he doesn't know. Uh, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle third. Schwarber leads the National League. A third I, a yeah. league leader among home runs is what I was trying to say. Oh, Go ahead. Okay. But it's like, uh, I, I guess Cruz in the home run derby would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't but in real, bad. but in real life, I, I question the hit tool. Um, um, I'm not as high on him as everybody else. I think a lot of people think well, he's going to be some great. I, I, he strikes out too much. You'd be I proud him in my points league for Kyle. Oh, Wright. I was just about to mention that. Oh, you, the... you did end up trading him. I traded yeah. him. Okay. Yeah. And you got, got Kyle Wright? I got Kyle Wright and a oh, draft pick so. for it. Okay, that's not bad. No, that's I mean, really I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Kyle Wright, but like with the season Kyle Wright's having this year, that's not a bad that's trade. That's that I was like, I'll, 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 and he's only 26. Of, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll trade away, uh, O'Neill Cruz for a pitcher that'll help me win right now. Kyle Wright yeah. is not going to help me win in the future, but yeah, but that's why you traded for that. Uh, you also got a higher round pick, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so he he uh, he improved his uh you know we we do draft per draft pick per draft pick so I guess he gave up a lower yeah we this is something that we talked about in, the, uh, in private Austin and I and like well if you like O'Neill Cruz that much then you just sit back and just wait it wait it out if you want to compete this year your best move might be to get as much as you can right now because he's a hot commodity right now but it's like it's like a car right it's like when you buy a car as soon as that as soon as that car leaves the lot. As soon as O'Neill Cruz gets called up, the value just starts dropping precipitously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad I traded him when I did because now he's back to 197. So I'm sure his, <laughs> well, I'm sure it, his value is is dropped yeah. even. O'Neill so. Cruz is a long term play. If you are willing to commit to the growing pains, then oh, yeah. you I do mean, whatever it takes. It's Jared Clinic all over again. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people are looking at it as, oh, six foot seven. Like in the power that this he has, and just the athleticism for someone his size, yeah. everyone's like, I just ha- I just got the next Aaron Judge, and oh, um, I, I worry that it's just not gonna get there. I mean, because even in the minors, like he was a so so hitter as he. I mean, he always hit the ball hard, but it wasn't it never translated into like crazy numbers. So. Yeah, and uh, well, the rest of it, the bench sucks for this team. Uh, the pitching is every once in a while they'll come up and sh- and 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 it'll give you a good start. Like Jose Quintana is having a resurgent season, so to speak. 
I, I don't trust him. <laughs> um, uh, David Bednar has shown that he's a good, although he's been struggling a lot lately. I want to blame a bad back on that. He's yeah, there, there, there was something that, and I think he he got rode hard. He had like the, a couple of those outings where he went two and a third, and yeah. then he was off for two days, and then he went and did it again. Uh, and like yeah. I feel like they're just kind of riding him into the ground. Because they can't trust anybody else. I mean, Will yeah. Crow's having a decent season, but Chris Stratton is kind of – I mean, they, they were supposed to go with a committee uh, in the ninth yeah. inning with Chris Stratton and David Bednar, and now they're just leaning on David Bednar for everything, yeah. which – yeah, I mean, anyway, but yeah, Pirate fans are, are are finally excited about something, but I'm like, yeah, but it's still, it's just, it's a lot of things that could be better. And, uh, and you already, you, you so you had Ross, Ron, C, Ron, Ron C. Contreras on the team and he's already been demoted. Yeah, I, I think they're kind of playing a, uh, it was like a fresh arm thing. He's made, I think, a good amount of starts like consecutively. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the case, but still, it's just um, I don't know. The optics are not there for me uh, in terms of why is one of your prized prospects on the on the minor leagues, and maybe I mean maybe it's common, right? Maybe like that's that's a new era of baseball that uh, maybe I'm still not used to it. But still, even when he was up, I mean, he was still giving up a lot of walks, um, and the expected ERA was at five fifty nine, yeah, four eighty eight FIP. So it's a work in progress there. All right, so that's the Pirates. Let's move on to a really good division. <laughs> uh, and as you can see, the National League East, uh, Austin and Sean picked the Mets. Henry, Vince, and Felipe picked the Braves. Who? I mean, we talked about it already uh, with James uh, la- uh, the last time we were on the air, and uh, we went really deep for those two teams. But let's start uh, alphabetical order. I guess the Braves, Atlanta Braves. Start talking about them. They are currently in second place. They were really behind the eight ball to start the season, but they've, uh, I mean, you saw that they won on a 15, 16 game, something crazy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of, uh, on a big time winning streak. Now they're maybe what, two games behind. Is that what uh, it is? it's uh, still at two and a half, two and yeah, a half. Two and half yeah. And the best, the craziest part, the craziest part is even though the Mets are in the lead, it seems like the Braves, every time they get closer to the Mets, their, their chances of uh, increase to win the World Series over the fan grab. So now they're at 14.5%. The Mets are at 11.8%. So with that being said, the Braves, what what do you think uh, helped? Was, is it just something as simple as Ronald Acuna coming back and that just was the, the, the big difference maker there, Sean? Well, I mean, one, yeah, that was always going to be a huge piece for him. But even then, he's had, you know, kind of a lot of stop and starts where, you know, it's like the leg, the groin, and they've been very cautious with him. I mean, still only played in 52 games, and he'll, he'll play a couple of games, then he he sits for three days. Um, but I, I think the influx of one Dansby Swanson having just a career year, yeah. um, but also Michael Harris and Spencer Strider stepping into, you know, major contributing roles. Um, Spencer Strider um, has been, obviously, he's just been elite but I'm not sure if he's a starter. Uh, I yeah. think uh, they're kind of forced to use him as a starter now. I think he would be even better in the bullpen. I think he would be like Josh Hader type levels in the bullpen. Yeah, I don't want to hear that, man. Charlie, Charlie. <laughs> I mean, I, I I know everything with Strider, it's, but I, I feel like he's more bullpen. And Ian Anderson's had a step back. It's... Charlie yeah. Morton's kind of leveled off. He started off terribly. It's basically how I always envision the Braves starting pitching to be. Just they're just they're just. I don't want to. I want to be careful because you cannot poo poo 
a championship caliber rotation like that. Because yeah. for better or for worse, they won the championship, therefore they're championship caliber. But there's a lot of things that I don't like about this rotation. And it, it starts with Max Fried, it continues with Charlie Morton and Ian Anderson. And it just seems like they're getting exposed for the all the shortcomings that I had uh, always envisioned of those guys. But they somehow make it work. And yeah. you mentioned Spencer and like Strider and all Kyle that. Wright was like bad for oh yeah for a while. Oh yeah, and now he's all of a sudden all star. Like it, like it, it's a weird. And it's like Max Fried always thought kind of overperformed his first couple of years, and he he's he's legit. I mean he he doesn't walk guys. He keeps the ball on the ground. Um, the strikeouts are so so. Uh, but I, I I've kind of um admitting I'm wrong on Freed a little bit, but Ian Anderson was the guy because it it seems that whenever these Braves pitchers have taken a a step forward sooner or later, the other foot drops and they Mm kind of come back to earth. And that was kind of what we've seen with Anderson. And I'm kind of worried that it might happen to Ryder Strider. And if it happens at the wrong time, like mid season, that could really throw up, you know, uh, what's his name? Oscar, you know, yeah, same thing. Yeah. I mean, he was supposed to be a, a guy in that rotation after last year, and he can't throw strikes. Yeah, and in, in the back end of the bullpen, um, I, I do. Hey man, hey, leave that bullpen alone. It, it's fantastic. All right, uh, I, I, you- AJ Minter all of a sudden has great command. Like I, I, I'm, like they're doing good, but I'm skeptical. And that bullpen's pretty legit, though. I've always liked their bullpen. Um, for like the for a while now and that's pretty much the reason why i picked the braves over the mets just because i like their bullpen just a little bit more than the mets and it's supposed to be a a tight race between those two teams but uh i mean yeah i i get it mincer's always struggled with the control but he's always shown promise that he could be a oh dominant he, yeah he's leader. always had like the lights out stuff i'm yeah. i worry about the command i think he's overperformed i think colin McHugh is underperformed mm-hmm. i really like McHugh. Um, and then Will Smith is still Will Smith. So um, let me, I guess, let me uh, ask Austin this then. Okay. So if, if, if Sean doesn't believe in Spencer Strider and he believes that he's going to get exposed soon because he's just a two pitch pitcher, who do we trust from their minor leagues to step up? I mean, Kyle Moeller, Tucker Davidson, Huasca, Yanoa, other uh, Austin, what do you got for me? I, I haven't looked much at the, uh, at the minor league system for Atlanta. So I'm not entirely sure what they have down there, but what they need is they need somebody who in terms of pitching, who can help with their strikeouts and lessen their walks, because right now they are not striking out enough people. You have Max Fried at 8.39 K per nine. You got Kyle Wright at nine. You have Ian Ian Anderson at 7.64 Tucker Davidson's at 5.68. You only have Spencer Strider and Charlie Morton who are above a 10, 10 Ks per nine. But then you look at walks per nine, Kyle Wright, 2.88. You got Spencer Strider, 3.05, Charlie Morton, 3.26, Ian Anderson, 4.2. Tucker Davidson's at 7.8. Like the, it's just way too many walks. Um, you, you, you need, you need somebody that'll strike them out or, you know, strike people out and, or limit the walks because I think yeah. that's the biggest problem with the starters, the bull and then the bullpen, it just seems like the bullpen is letting in too many, too many runs. You got a higher K per nine, lower walk, but I'm seeing a lot of threes in terms of ERA. And that's not what I want to see in my bullpen. I want to see twos, ones, 
That's what I want to see in my in my bullpen. I want to see a shutdown. They, they all can't be the Yankees, man. Come on. Yeah. They all can't be the Yankees. <laughs> well, the, the but, Braves, it's actually, if you look at the top three teams, uh, or really five teams, and strikeout percentage for pitchers, the Braves are number one at 25.6. Then really? the Mets and Mets and seem like it. Yeah, then the Mets oh, and Brewers are at twenty five point four, Yankees at twenty five, and Dodgers at twenty four point eight. No, I always and, like I always like the Braves bullpen, man. It's just yeah. something about them. And I'm 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 worried about. I mean, I I'm not gonna lie. In one of my leagues, I went out and I spent three hundred fab. I spent one hundred and fifty on Mincer and one hundred and fifty on Will Smith when Kenley Jansen went down, because they they say Kenley Jansen should be back soon, but I I, I like terribly needed saves. And yeah. I do like mentor stuff. I've always liked mentor stuff. I just, I worry about the command and that it could all come down. And I like Strider. I, I really do. I think he has a good changeup. He just doesn't throw it enough. Mm-hmm. And I worry about guys that throw 70% fastball. I mean, yeah, he has, he has, a, he has an elite slider too, but sooner or later, even with great velo, major league hitters can time up a, a fastball. They can do it. Well, I remember when Austin and I were doing the research in the offseason, that is a name that showed up as someone very, 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 very late in, in drafts and for fantasy baseball, Spencer Strider, I mean, uh, that could that we needed to keep an eye on. And sure enough, it's finally coming to fruition as a starting pitcher because, yeah, there is concern there, but you cannot you cannot diss the results too much it's it's been no. working for them it's, yeah it's and it's oh, yeah, a joy sure. to watch him pitch it really is and now they're they're turning him to Matt, mike, mike what's his name was it matt harvey mike harvey no mike harvey's our guy in washington matt <laughs> harvey is a former mets pitcher uh and now they're doing spencer strider days over there oh are they oh with like the mustache i bet yeah oh the, the mustache is zoned in on those telecasts like well, well, it's did, spencer strider day also did you guys see yesterday you know keith hernandez retired uh, yeah. pete alonzo Actually, he did full-on stirrups like Keith used to do, and he shaved his uh, facial hair to do a mustache and sideburns. And I was Wait, like, uh, and, and then he that. then he ended up hitting a home run too. So I was oh. like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> there were fans out there with like fake mustaches for Keith. It was really cool. Well, let's talk about it. So I'll go to the Mets now. The Mets, uh, as as I talked to, I told James that the Mets have been one of my favorite teams in the last three or four or five years, maybe. And it's just disappointing that they can't do anything about it because I've always liked the roster. I just, it doesn't translate to playoff wins or even championships, but this is probably one of the best Mets. This is even even better Mets teams than I've seen in a long time. Uh, And and that's with Max Scherzer missing a lot of the season and Jacob LeGrom not knowing if he's going to play or not. And apparently now he might not sign for next, he might not sign an extension with the Mets anyway. So, I mean, he said during spring training, both before he was hurt and after his injury, that his plan all along was to opt out of the deal, uh, which he has a player opt out. Um, that I, I think the second Max Scherzer signed for $43 million at his age and the fact that he had dead arm at the end of the year and still got $43 million, uh, DeGrom saw that. Some team will give DeGrom that money. The could be the Mets. The Mets could give him $40 million over three years or five years. And, uh, I mean – we have a Charlie Morton situation with him then because he's going to turn, he'll be 35 next year. Uh, so if you're going to give him that big a contract, then you better hope that he becomes like Charlie Morton at, at this advanced age of his life. Right. Uh, and, and is able to throw hard consistently and strike out guys consistently. That is what you're betting on. If you're going to give Jacob the ground, all that money. No. Um, can, do you believe that he could still be that guy with all the, 
you know, stop and go because of injuries there. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the elbow was what had me most worried last year. Mm-hmm. The fact that they shut it down over the elbow and then came back in spring training elbow felt fine was pitching and it wasn't, he's hasn't been out because of an elbow this year. It was a scapular stress reaction, which is like just the precursor to a stress fracture. So and it's, it's kind of a rare injury for pitchers, and the only thing you can do is just wait it out. And That's what basically, yeah. And well, he's already made two rehab starts, mm-hmm. and he, in those two rehab starts, uh, it's kind of funny just looking at the numbers. Uh, he did give up three hits to some guys in A ball, and everyone was like, oh, God, what's happening? But he has struck out 61% of the batters he's faced, hasn't given up a walk. Um, he was consistently hitting 99 to 101 slider was up to 94 elbow feels fine. He actually said it feels great. So sounds like Jacob DeGrom when I play against him on MLB, the show. <laughs> and, that, and that's what a lot of people said was uh, last year when he was made one of those rehab starts, they asked the Palm beach Cardinals players, how do you like, what do you even do for this? And they're like, we went and we played against him and MLB the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that what uh, Lucas Giolito did to kind of uh, turn his career around uh, from going from prospect to uh, some young candidates that like he started playing video games and, and playing himself and trying to see what he can do to tinker his mechanics or I know or, he's a big I know he's a big gamer. I, I don't know about that. No, I, I think I saw a story that that, that that was one of the things that he did was play uh, video games, baseball video games, huh. and play as himself. And that's one of the things that he did to kind of improve his game. Not working this year, but that's what he did. <laughs> Uh, Austin, I got to ask, you picked the Mets to win the division as it stands right now with half a season left to go. Is, are you still going to go that route or do you think something different is going to happen now? Now that, no, I'm, now confident, that you know, you know. I'm confident that the Mets will win uh, the division. They have, you know, their pitchers coming back um, that were injured and then they have a better, they definitely have a better offense than they did last year. I am still, I'm still confident that the Mets take this division. Um, I don't, I don't think they'll collapse as, as much as they did last year. I remember at this point in time, we were talking about the Mets were only in first because of the rep, because the rest of the division was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this year it's different. They're leading this division because they, they like play like a division leader. So I think the, I think the Mets are going to take the, the NL East, but the Braves are going to have something to say about it. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, unlike last year, last year the pitching was holding on. Hold they, that was the only reason they were in first place last year. The division was playing poorly, and the pitchers were you know Mets pitchers. They were good, but this year at around this time we're not losing guys. We're getting them back. Max Scherzer just off the aisle. Jake Degrom going to be back probably one of those first series right after the All Star break. Uh, depends if they want them to pitch in New York the first time or yeah. whatever. So you add these guys and then you start kind of matching up the Mets versus the Braves. Cause I think that's where a lot of this is headed in the playoffs. Um, you, you have Max versus Max DeGrom versus, you know, Strider. And you kind of look at the depth. Taiwan Walker's having a great year. Granted, he had a great first half last year before kind of falling off. Carrasco has, either been great or terrible and then in the bullpen edwin diaz is just mind-blowingly stupid good um but it just kind of depends i think you know the braves did a good job last year of adding guys 
And even yeah. though they were, they were terrible at the time, I mean, we, we talked about how bad Jock Peterson was and Eddie Rosario was having a career worst year. And Duvall. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what they do this year. You know who else is bad? Jorge Soler. Jorge yeah. Soler was brutal. We talked about it, like how awful he was, especially against the shift. And what and what do you do if you're the Royals? He gets to the Braves and he's in all, all, all four of those guys did it. And yeah. it, it was just such a, a random thing. I mean, because they were like they had histories of being, you know, semi-productive players, nothing elite. But then they came to the Braves and it just kind of it's a it's a magical thing. You know, when a, when you trade for guys and all four do that, you kind of know what's coming. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can attempt to recreate it again. All right. Well, let's move on then to the Phillies uh, who are just we all picked. I mean, we all picked them to finish in fourth. We, we basically did. I think everybody got the same. Yeah, everybody did the vanilla thing. Braves, yeah. Mets, Phillies, Marlins, Nationals. Phillies are hanging on by a thread, trying to hold off the uh, the, the Marlins. They're up by, what is that, five games right now at the moment. And speaking of a thread, that's basically the best way you can describe Bryce Harper's elbow. <laughs> and that's not even what has him out right now. Yeah, what, what what's he out with? Yeah, uh, a fractured ham. Oh, oh, did he get hit by yeah, a pitcher? Yeah, and then he had surgery, so he's six to eight weeks, and that was yeah, a couple that's... weeks ago. That sucks. Ah, what are we going to do here? Well, and, I mean, and Kyle Schwarber, even though because they were having to DH Harper, then that pushed Schwarber and Castellanos to actually have to play the outfield. Mm-hmm. Even with no Harper, they're still having to play the outfield every day. Yeah. Because they, they, they called up a lefty slugging kind of career minor leaguer, Derek Hall. And he's a DH only type of guy. So yeah. number one, uh, number one uh, pickup in a lot of uh, CBS leagues right now in terms of waiver wire. Yeah, he's already has like, you know, three, four home runs, big lefty power back. So I'll, I'll pass. That's OK. But uh, I mean, we all know Kyle Schwarber. Uh, we all thought he was going to mash in this ballpark. But he has Reese Hoskins having another uh, nice season for them. Uh, Harper is always going to be the goods. And then Nick Castellanos has been a major disappointment this season. Still, maybe, I mean, Sean, do you see a big second half resurgence for him? I don't think so. I mean, Why? he's a guy. I, 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 I don't know. I'm just, I feel like he's a guy that kind of has cashed it in. Uh, I, I hate saying that about some guys, oh, but that, there that's... are some, there are some guys that, I mean, he signed that one contract, but it was a, you know, a kind of a short term thing. And then he had a terrible year. And so he, he opted into it and then he had a great year and he opted out. And now he signed the, the, the long-term deal. And I don't know. It, it, it just seems like he's whatever the, out there. That is not the uh, Nick Castellanos. I know the Nick Castellanos. I know just, I mean, he, 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 he has, I mean, I know you, you say something, but your actions say something else, but this is a guy that, and I, I, I hate to do this because we're not a narrative based podcast here. But I have to I have to mention it like he says that he goes into every single game that he plays in like it's the first day of spring training. Uh, it's one of Joe Madden's favorite players that he's ever managed uh, over for the Cubs. And when Joe Madden was singing his praises like that uh, and, and, and those comments were read to Nick Castellanos on the air when, in, a, in an interview in front of people at, at some Wrigley Field bar nearby, uh, he started crying because I mean, he it's he's passionate about this game. So it's just for me, that's like, man, that's a, that's a hard that's a hard sell for me to buy because I mean, that's it, not the Cassianos I know. It's like he's underperformed. I mean, 332 expected Woba versus actual 295 Woba. So a little unlucky, but even like a 332 expected Woba, that's 
that's bad for him. I mean, he hasn't had anything that low since 2015 since yeah. StatCast started. The hard hit rate is a career low. I mean, it's dropped over 10, 12%, 12.5% down from last year. And I mean, he's in another hitter's ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> high ground ball percentage, highest ground ball percentage he's had since his rookie year. Well, 41%. And anytime you see a 30-year-old start hitting the ball into the ground more, um, his home run to fly ball rate has plummeted. It was 22 and 23% his two years in Cincinnati. It's 8.7 in a very hitter-friendly ballpark. You could say some of that's the humidors, the balls, whatever. Uh, but he's just not hitting the balls hard either. So, I mean, I don't know. Worries me. Uh, he's that. always he's always been a great line drive hitter too. Um, yeah, I mean he's, that that and he's never just... he's never been a huge walk guy. The line drive rate is yeah somewhat stabilized, but it's you know it dropped five percent in the last for compared to the last few years. It's just um, hard for me to believe that this guy all of a sudden is just has mailed it in and he's bad now and he's going to be awful and I don't know. That's a tough. And the, a tough the fact that he's maybe like I think he was brought in here and expecting he would not have to play the field. And now he's, I think, played out there far more than he has DH. Yeah. Um, and that could be, you know, a source of contention. Who knows? Well, I don't know. That's not not the Castellanos I know of, yeah. but maybe, you know, maybe money does change people. I don't know. But it's hard to believe that this guy is, a, I don't know, he's always been a pretty darn good hitter. And just all of a sudden, he's just going to be, ha, I, I pull a fast one on everybody. Take that. I don't know, man. That's just the hard sell. For yeah. Me. Uh, what else? Marlins, uh, Marlins were always the team that was, oh, I am so sorry. Austin, do you have anything else? We, you know what? We just basically just talked about Nick Casanos in terms of the Phillies, but there's a lot to like about the Phillies, not enough to win this division or, or I don't know. Henry has them finishing as a six seed. I mean, Austin, do you see the, a, a way that the Phillies are going to sneak into the playoffs this year? Um, not with as good as some of the other, some of these other teams are, and even as good as the rest of this division is you have, um, I mean, you have the the Mets and the Braves who are doing really well. You have the Brewers and the Cardinals who we feel like are playoff teams. You have the Dodgers and the Padres who are all, you know, those guys are performing as playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Phillies are just not performing up to par uh, to the same level as those six teams I just mentioned are. It's the Mets, the Braves, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Dodgers, and the Padres, and then there's everybody else. The Phillies are in that next tier. Um, they have a winning record. They have done better since they fired Joe Girardi, and they have good pieces, um, especially on the offensive side. But, you know, and then they have, you know, Castellanos has underperformed, and I agree with Felipe. I have a really hard time believing that this is the new Nick Castellanos. This is just a fluke year, I think. Um, and, I just I don't see the Phillies playing up to caliber to to take and to take over any of those any of those teams right now. Um, so I think they just I think they missed the playoffs. I think they're that next tier. Yeah. Well, we talked about the need for the Phillies to just be competitive because you got to take advantage of Bryce Harper. Yeah. Uh, still being in his prime and it's just not working for them. Yeah, and that, and that's where I think is if Harper was healthy and they could have just like willed their way. I mean, because Zach Wheeler's having another Cy Young caliber year. Aaron Nola's having one of his better years and since, you know, his Cy Young season or almost Cy Young season in 2018. Uh, Zach Eflin's been Zach Eflin. And the bullpen has actually been, I know they had a couple of blowups early in the year, 
but Sir Anthony Dominguez is back from injury. He's having a great year. Um, I don't know. I, I thought they had a chance this year where they could have just slugged it. I mean, they Nola and Wheeler would win him enough games. Harper would have an MP, MVP season like he did last year, but things started going wrong in just the way that the roster was constructed and built. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Joe Girardi at all, mm-hmm. but he was 100% a fall guy here oh, for, yeah. for issues that were beyond his control. I mean, once Harper couldn't play the field because of his elbow, I mean, it's, it's not Girardi's fault that Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos are having to play the outfield every day. I mean, those are two of the worst defensive outfielders really in the last 10 years I've been really kind of I've ever seen. And uh, with Harper, Harper going down, uh, JT Real Muto's having just a, a terrible year as well, uh, offensively at least. Hoskins is just Hoskins. And Castellanos, you spend all that money and you're not getting anything back. And then Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott have had varying levels of good and bad. It's like you're describing the White Sox and the Angels, basically. Yeah, it, it, but it's like theirs isn't even like a depth thing. It's just a, the pieces don't fit in the puzzle the right way. Mm. And once Harper went down, I, that yeah, cash of the season. I mean, it's exposed a lot of things, a lot of yeah. shortcomings from that. And it really shows sure. how important Bryce Harper is, yeah. not just to this team, but just in, in <clears throat> baseball in general, Major League Baseball yeah. in general. Anyway, that's the Phillies. I, I want to talk about, I'm excited to talk about the Marlins, man. I said all along, the Marlins are going to be that team you just flip over to the channel uh, if you have the extra innings package or whatever they call it, and you just take a look because that's going to be a fun team. Sure, three games under 500, uh, 12 games behind first place Mets, and uh, I don't even know where they are in terms of the uh, wild card position um, right now. Oh, I guess I could. Let's see. What do we got here? for the? Uh, okay. Over at Fangraphs, they have a 6.8% chance to clinch a wild card spot. So... You're saying there's a chance, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's still a fun team. I mean, look at this. It, it, it starts to be. It, it it starts with the rotation. Sandy yeah. Alcantara. I just saw a, a headline that said, "Is Sandy Alcantara the best pitcher in baseball right now?" Um, it can he be the best starting pitcher in baseball? Yeah, I, I think he's been one of the best, especially in the National League, the last few years. Um, I I know I had a conversation with somebody in baseball life a couple weeks ago where somebody was talking about Jazz Chisholm, and I think it was at when they had the team meeting or whatever, and they're like, oh, they're t- they're saying this to their best player. And I said, Jazz Chisholm is not the Marlins' best player. And the guy laughed at me, and he was like, oh. huh, no, that's no way. And I said, no, it's Sandy Alcantara. It's been Sandy Alcantara. And well, he's like, I, I, he, yeah. he said, I have to see more from Sandy. And I'm like, oh, the last two years, he's been an ace. And then the same guy, at least he he did a mea culpa after one of Alcantara's last – his last start, which was, you know, like eight innings, 10 strikeouts, whatever. He said, whoever, he made a whole new post. He said, whoever the guy was that told me Sandy Alcantara was the Marlins best player, you were right, man. <laughs> well, come on. It, I was going to the- say, what, what more do you need to see? I mean, 123 in the third innings pitch with a 182 ERA. I mean, and he's got a 3.4 war. That's, <laughs> I mean, if this was Sandy Alcantara. Better than the next pitcher. Yeah, if this was like back in 2019 and Sandy yeah. had like a 3-8 year, he wasn't really like the bona fide ace yet. I would understand somebody saying, oh, I have to see more. But this is three years in a row for Sandy where he's just been elite. But not just that, but I mean, it, but the best player, that that moniker, I mean, I, I get it that it's a pitcher, but that moniker usually does go to the everyday players. And by default, Jazz Chisholm is their best player 
especially from a position player standpoint, because without him, this this lineup looks kind of ordinary. Um, I, I but, still think he's pretty warty, but he's having a, a much better year than his first two years. For well, sure. I went, I went out to the Schaumburg Boomers game uh, with my friend who's a big White Sox fan. And he's like, hey, I heard rumors that Jazz Chisholm might get traded. And the White Sox are, are in talks about that. Uh, and he's never heard of Jazz Chisholm before. So I had to explain who he was and what he does. <laughs> and when I said that, yeah, you just mentioned it. He likes to talk a lot. He talks a big game. But now this is the first year that he's actually backing it up on a consistent basis. And the first thing he said was, oh, so Tony LaRusso isn't going to like him, huh? No, probably not. <laughs> I mean, Tim Anderson, Jazz Chisholm, same difference. And I mean, he tolerates them. Tony LaRusso tolerates Tim Anderson and that. But uh, I don't know. Jazz Chisholm is a little bit younger, a little bit more unproven comp- by uh, by comparison. So who knows? But I don't know. I mean, if you're the Marlins, do you trade him just because you don't want to deal with his antics anymore or just stick with him and put up with him? Because that is one of the reasons why you t- tune in to watch the Marlins is because of Jazz Chisholm. Thoughts on Jazz uh, getting traded this uh, I, season? I, I don't think that's happening. I, I don't that, see that. that would be a career suicide for Kim Ang. I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm the, I've always been kind of the lower guy on Jazz Chisholm. I, I think he's a, uh, a yeah, very yeah. – I mean, he can't hit lefties. Um, he any, – any sort of, like, premium value from him would have been everyday gold glove caliber shortstop. Here he is. He's 24 years old. He's already been moved off of shortstop because he couldn't – he just was not good at shortstop. And now he's mm-hmm. at second base. He's a platoon guy, low OBP. I, I see, like, a Javier Baez, but – gets platooned and Ooh, i mean boy. we've already i mean john birdie already steals i mean even before john birdie was becoming a regular and stealing running away with the stolen base title in the national league uh he was platooning at the beginning of the year and marlins fans were like oh why is john birdie playing over jazz chisholm there's a lefty on the mound jazz can't hit lefties he's never hit lefties and they're like but it's he's jazz chisholm he's our best but you got to give him a chance to hit lefties no he's terrible and it's <laughs> not just like he's bad against lefties he just strikes out all the time. And it's like yeah. totally uncompetitive at bats. Yeah. that's always been his downfall. And that's what I told him. Yeah, he's, a, he, you know what though? A uh, free swinging guy like that, he fit perfectly with the white Sox. but no, you, you have to uh, just put up with them a little bit. Um, but then the other guy that they have is Jesus Sanchez, who is uh, they're giving him all the opportunities that he can handle. It's not working out too well, but he does hit 11 home runs. Uh, but uh, I mean, there's a lot to like about this team. Garrett Cooper is having a, a, a yep. banner year. Uh, I was gonna say, oh, Brian Anderson looks like he's finally healthy enough, I guess, to play every day. Uh, Jacob Stallings, do do we buy that Jacob Stallings has been a big improvement as from a defensive standpoint? Because offensively oh. sucks, but you think he's done wonders for that young rotation there? Anybody? Uh, yeah, push. I mean, it's. I think push. it's. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, I think I think when it comes to catchers and defensively, yeah, defensively is great, but can he handle the pitching staff? And I mean, there was already a good pitching staff there when Jacob Stallings got there. Mm-hmm. So you can't even credit, oh, they're doing really well because Jacob Stallings is back there and he knows how to handle the pitching staff. You just meh. Like and so yeah, I, I agree. And and he's having his work. I mean, he's not having or actually his worst year in terms of framing and called strike rates. And um, he's terrible offensively. I mean, he's like the opposite of Aaron Judge when you look at the Savant sliders. Uh, it's just the exact opposite. Everything's far left. Uh, first percentile and expected Woba. That's that's sad. Uh, 
and this is a team that's missing Edward Cabrera. I mean, I know he's a young guy, but I mean, he was Sixto Sanchez. Sixto Sanchez, Jesus Lazardo is out. And- Once Yuri Perez comes up, I, I think this team's going to be scary. You're going to have Sandy, Yuri Perez, Max uh, Meyer. I, th- I think Max Meyer ends up in the bullpen, honestly. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I think Pablo that's where Lopez. he ends up. Pablo Lopez, yeah, was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just mentioned the back end pieces. Now, the guys who are on the team, Pablo Lopez, you just mentioned Trevor Rogers, we're still kind of waiting for him to duplicate what he did last year. He's off to a bad start, but, you know, he's yeah. always had potential. And the, the new guy, Braxton Garrett, all of a sudden, he's just sitting there waiting for someone to be to pick him up in fantasy circles. So I just said, okay, I'll be that guy. But Braxton Garrett uh, also looking like, yeah, he's had some rough starts, but all the peripherals show that he is not as bad as people, as his uh, uh, traditional numbers show. So Garrett also contributing somewhat. And he's 25 years old. Played, just, played for my high school. Really? When he was in eighth grade. Oh, and on the high school team. And then his dad was the coach. Coach got fired and moved to Foley, Alabama, down near Mobile. And then he he was on the under 19 USA team that pitched or played for in Japan wow. a few years wow. ago. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So a little bit of relative greatness here on the show <laughs> with uh, Braxton Garrett. And of course, the bullpen, bullpen. Tanner Scott finally got the closest job. It should have been him all along. Yeah, but he's better. not making it easy for Dom Mattingly to keep throwing him out. I, I've watched him because I have him uh-huh, in my 30-team league. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, he is a heart attack on the mound. Well, so was Anthony Bender, so he should be used yeah. to it. Yeah, that's always been his uh, downfall. Anthony Bass. Ugh. Do we have to? I mean, he's having a really good season. Yeah, at the 35 years old, though, and I don't know. Tanner Scott just is more – for me. Personally, just yeah. uh, preference, preferential thing. And Tanner Scott is, is my preferred guy. And we've and I, always wanted to see Scott have this role for a long time now. So we have a little bit of bias there, but I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to poo-poo too much on Anthony Bass, but he's to me, he's not, not very exciting. I mean, the strikeouts are in there, and this is the first year that he's – it's like what, what Sean was asking about AJ Mentor. Is this, are we going to believe that Anthony Bass finally has con- – fixes control issues from the past? So, I don't know. But uh, – uh, it, it is. I mean, that's why the Marlins are, are, are three games under 500 is because they do have a lot of question marks uh, in their bullpen, uh, which sucks for their uh, promising starting rotation. Yeah. But um, and those are the growing pains you take from a young team. But still, I'm not giving up on the Marlins just yet. That's a fun team to watch. Uh, that's the team that people should be talking about, not the Orioles. <laughs> God, again, I, I we had gone like 35 minutes without him mentioning the Orioles. You think you think I was gonna not let you think I was gonna let it and go? And you pulled me back in. <laughs> that's what I do best, man. <sighs> Anthony Bass, I'm kind of curious. What? Oh, stack has pitch type, so he is primarily a sinker pitcher. But oh no, it's 57.8% slider pitcher, and he's. <sighs> Just is going to live and die with that at the yeah. age of 35. So he's going to try to emulate uh, Sergio Romo's career. At least I, I liked Anthony Bender before he was hurt. I liked him last year, liked him this year. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't like him for the closer because he struggled against lefties. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. J- Jimmy Yacobonis is a name. I know Felipe's not going to be excited because he's a former Oriole. Um, but he, I, I has gone, he has gone out there and thrown some stupid pitches. I mean, like mind-bending type pitches like a two-seamer that goes up i mean it doesn't actually go up but 15.12 uh k per nine i think he was sitting at like a 50 percent strikeout rate uh it's down to 38 now um 
But uh, that, he's he's a name to think of because he was a, he never struck out like a bunch of guys in the minors or yeah. when he was a starting pitcher in Baltimore uh, or relief pitcher and starter. Uh, but this year he went to Miami and in AAA thirteen point three one K per nine and at the majors fifteen point one two. So you wonder if like there was a major arsenal change mm. uh, and i and i think there has been i looked at him on savant the other day and it's like he completely changed he went from a like a vertical slider to one of the the new sweeping sliders so by the way i i took offense to uh, he's an orioles uh, player so i'm gonna i don't i'm gonna like him hey tanner scott was a former orioles player yeah I, I like there you go. you're right you're right i've been saying oh the marlins they got cole Solzer and tanner scott in a trade from the orioles shoot their bullpen just got a million times better now <laughs> Turned out to be a false sense of hope there. All right, last team we're going to talk about, last topic of discussion, the Washington Nationals. Uh, I mean, it's a clean sweep here. We all thought they were going to finish in dead last, and I guess I don't need to share my screen anymore uh, for those who can see it. Oh, I forgot we're, we're on YouTube, too, as well. So, oh, well. I mean, it's it's the Nationals. It's I the mean, Nationals. <laughs> Austin, is there any positivity that you see from this team at all? Uh, Josh Bell is having a really good season. Uh, okay. You know, Josh, Be- uh, Josh Bell. I know some people – wasn't high on Josh Bell, but I mean, he's got a 308 average, 389 slash line with a 497 slugging. He's slugged 12 homers, uh, 10.8 walk percentage, uh, 13.3 K percentage. Uh, I mean, his BABIP is 328. That looks like it's best on the team. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, he's, he's had a, he's had a very good season in a season that everybody was expecting it to be Juan Soto. And then that's it. Um, in some regards, he's had a better season than, than Juan Soto. He doesn't have as high of a walk percentage as Juan Soto and he hasn't hit as many home runs, but still, um, he's hitting for better average. Um, he's slugging better than Juan Soto is, uh, they both have the same Woba, uh, you know, and they both, they are both batting for the same weighted runs created plus 145. Mm. Um, so, I mean, very underratedly good season from Josh Bell. Uh, I wish Juan Soto would, I mean, I guess, I guess Juan Soto is not, t- I mean, he's hit 17 homers. Uh, but I mean, you, you, I feel like at this point with Juan Soto, you expect a little better than a 242 average. Um, but that, comes with the territory you got you you have to get strikes thrown to yeah. hit for a high average and yeah, even then I mean, even he then, has a 395 obp yeah so and i mean despite had the low average he has a 474 slugging yeah i mean so, and he's, he's walking 20 percent of the time it's just yeah. absurd he's not getting pitched to yeah so i mean and he's still hitting for 145 weighted runs created plus so he's still producing for the nationals it's just different than josh bell yeah I think the only question that needs to be asked about the Nationals mm-hmm. does Juan Soto sign? Oh, the, if the Nationals can give him the money that he's looking for, yeah. Well, I mean, they there was the rumors. What was it last week? Week and a half, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. that they had upped their offer to like four hundred and twenty-five million. Okay, I think it was thirteen years, four hundred twenty-five. Okay, do you guys think he stays? 
I think he wants that. Fi- I think he wants that to be close to the five hundred million. And knowing the Nationals, a big chunk of it is going to be deferred. deferred. Just like- <laughs> and that's how they lost out on, on on Bryce Harper. They let it leak that hey, we offer Harper ten years, three hundred million. He didn't want that, but they conveniently left out the fact that they deferred a lot of that money. Yeah. As opposed to the Phillies, who were like, no, nah, we'll pay you all the money that you want up front. At least that's how I remember it. it might something yeah. different so, might happen. Austin, do you think Soto's going to sign with Washington? I- with as bad as this team is, I don't think so. I mean, it's just there's nothing around him. There's, I mean, he's not getting pitched to because he's, besides Bell, he's the only hitter on the team. Yeah. Um, and then there's no pitching to speak of. Spitch, the pitching is terrible. Um, so I think with as bad as this team is, I don't think he signs with the Nationals. Oh, Josiah Gray. I mean, Josiah Gray it might be a promising guy. He's only 24. Even Strasburg. Uh, eventually, right? <laughs> eventually when he Tyler Clippard's pitching for them in triple a what surprise. surprise what I thought he had retired no way I don't yeah. believe this but yeah to really talk about the nationals you got to look down to see who else is on the uh um and the minor leagues and there's a uh, one of uh Sean's guys there Lucius Fox remember you used yep, to talk about yep. it all the time yeah now, he was a stolen base threat yeah yeah now he's uh with the nationals just toiling away at 25 yeah, he, years old i say he's played a they they've kind of had him on the option train up and down oh i did not know that okay yeah uh jonah don we've seen a little bit of him already and uh he's with disastrous results kate cavalli is a highly retired prospect same with cole henry who i'll be honest i don't know much about him but he's uh the 88th best prospect for fan graphs at this point but uh, yeah, there's a Tyler Clipper there. Uh, anybody in Double A? It is so funny because Tyler Clipper's actually been good in Triple A. Thirty five wow. innings and two and a half ERA, K per nine of almost twelve. And it's like, imagine just like going up there and facing a 37, 38 year old Tyler Clipper. Like he he doesn't need to be playing in Triple A. Like he just wants to go out there and strike guys out. I guess. <laughs> But no, nah, man, there's uh, there's a lot to be desired uh, on this team. And, and aside from Soto, who is full of promise, I mean, not full of promise, but he would be the cornerstone of that team. And it looks like he has a good uh, running mate in Josh Bell. There's really nothing else about this team that makes you go like, wow, what? just give it a little bit more time. Give it a little bit more patience, and you'll see some great things out of this team. I'm not seeing it, man. I, I think Josh, Josh Bell's gone. Him and Cruz are both getting traded. Wow. All right. Well, now it, it's going to get worse then. So, yeah. Um, I mean, because Bell is if a that, free and agent. If that happens, Juan Soto is definitely not signing. Well, I, I think, uh, I mean, I think because it's... they could still sign him and he's what, 24 years old. You sign him for 13 years. I mean, you spend four years of it rebuilding, but he's still there when you come out the other side. Or not even four years, maybe three, because they have some of the pieces already. Yeah, Josh Bell's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, so yeah, he's gone. All right. Last thing I promise uh, I know I said that was that was the, that was gonna be the last thing. Nah, let's let's go look at these uh oh god, these horrible predictions for the World Series there. If you guys can see it. Um uh, everybody had the Blue Jays and the Dodgers, seemingly, uh, except for Sean, who had the Yankees and the Brewers. Uh, it's looking like Sean's predictions for the World Series are going to come a lot more truer than ours, uh, although the Dodgers are always going to be a competitive team. But according to the Fangraphs uh, World Series uh, percentages, uh, it looks like it's going to be the Dodgers and the Astros at the end. If that's the case, who wins the World Series, Dodgers or Astros? Astros. Oh, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Get yeah, the yeah, I, I, I think Dodgers revenge tour Clayton Kershaw. Probably like 
that would be a way for him to go out. He has a dominant World Series, wins maybe World Series MVP, and then he's done. Hmm. All right. Well, what if it's the Yankees? Let's because it, it might be the Yankees at the end. Yankees or Dodgers? Yankees. Yankees. I think I go Dodgers. Still, huh? Yeah. Yeah. E- even though I, I picked the Brewers <laughs> in, in the actual predictions, which I still think the Brewers could literally just go on our tear. Like Probably. they could be they could be a team that trades for Josh Bell. Hey, there you go. Okay. Uh, I think. I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. I said that makes sense. Yeah. yeah I, I would, I think I would go with Austin and go with the Yankees if, uh, and just, just envision just Aaron judge, just crapping all over uh, Dodgers <laughs> pitching. And then two years from now, we find out that they were cheating all along. So <laughs> They were cheating all along. Yeah. Well, it just so happens that, uh, that they, they're in New York. So they have access to all the, all the cameras that they want. <laughs> That's, right that's who they when umpires call a replay they call new york they always, yeah, I always hear they it's in chelsea the, the bunker in chelsea is what garing uh s and y call it them also i'm not sure if you guys have watched games recently but in the last few games the mets have played the uh reviews have been like a minute like it, they've been super fast mm-hmm. like in like and i'm not sure if that's a league-wide thing i haven't seen in other reviews from other games but in the last week or so Anytime there's a challenge on a play, they're going and they're making the calls like quick. Mm. And I actually really enjoy it. Like it's, I, I hate when they would go to review and spend like 10 minutes. Yeah. Just uh, maybe, for the call to stand. Maybe like, they're getting better at it. I don't know. It's, 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 it's not easy because they're not just looking at the play itself, but they're also looking at other stuff. Yeah. At least that's where we're led to believe. I know in the NFL, it, it, it could be very frustrating. Because those games last a long time too, and then the NBA, it seems like there's like a review every thirty seconds in the last two minutes of the game, and that's really <laughs> caused some uproar. Um, I mean, I know- are getting shorter, and Red Sox's inability to see the ball is growing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, last question, I guess, uh, since we're talking about potential World Series, uh, Braves or Yankees, who wins? Just shout it out, Yankees, Yankees. Yankees, uh, Yankees or Mets? Who wins? Yankees, Yankees, Mets. Of course. Well, uh, at that Just, point, at that point, I, you have to go with who has you know Degrom and Max Scherzer in a playoff series. Is sorry, I, you can't. I can't not pick them. All right. Uh, anybody else have double digit odds besides the teams I'm mentioning? No. All right. So let's just finish it up then. Uh, Astros or Braves? Who wins? Astros, Astros, Astros or Mets, Mets, Astros. Astros. Oh, Astros. look at that, Astros okay. throwing me a curveball. All right, I did not expect that. Well, I, I actually, I could say the Mets too because the Mets just got swept by Houston in their four game set against them. God damn, well, it, it, it was two and two, and it, it's very reminiscent of when the Mets faced the Cubs in 2015 into the regular season. They swept us. I think it was six zero, and then. In the playoffs, we know how that went. So, yeah. All right. Well, interesting. I mean, that's a lot to uncover. I I, I failed to realize just how um, massive talking about thirty teams in a short period of time. And but I think we did it. I think we deserve a, a an all star break of ourselves as well. Uh, any final words, Austin? Uh, no, happy all-star break, everybody. I'm going to be, uh, I, I'll be taking a bit of a hiatus for the next few weeks. I will be in Seattle. Um, so, uh, I, games. Won't, I will be going to the Mariners. Yep. I'll yes. be going to a Mariner game. 
uh, while I'm out there. So, but I won't be here for the next three weeks. So happy all-star break and hold down the fort while I'm gone. And then Sean, what, what's up, man? What do you got for me? I'll be here. <laughs> I'll be there for you. But no, we're going to take an all-star break. This is two episodes. I can already feel the glare from my wife being pissed at me. <laughs> like you, this is ridiculous. I'm supposed to be grilling right now. So, but all right. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed uh, our recap. Feel the glare of the sun. <laughs> yeah you know remember the old super mario game and you had to race against the sun because the sun was attacking you that's yeah. basically what my yeah. wife's about to do to me right now <laughs> but now we're, we got we got the american league uh, recap we got the national league recap we're at the midway point it's been an interesting season so far it's gonna only gonna get better all-star break is coming unfortunately we're not gonna be able to cover it until well after uh but that's fine there, i had some plans but this is fine i mean this is this is a lot of uh a lot of things to, that we uncovered today so for sean that's Austin over there. I am Felipe. Thank you for listening. We'll see. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Adios.